1: We listen again to President Biden's recent Commencement Day speech to the new generation of Coast Guard graduates, as he reminds them the importance of America's and their work around the world. Plus, we take a look at other stories making the headlines from around the region. This is Connecticut East This Week. Hello, I'm Brian Scott Smith. It's Memorial Day once again, and as a nation, we remember and honour all of those who have served. Recently, President Biden was in New London to give the commencement speech to the 2021 Coast Guard Academy graduates, and we thought it fitting to reprise his speech for this special weekend of remembrance, as he reminded the new graduates and the nation America's importance in the world today more than ever. We join his speech as he acknowledged how the COVID-19 pandemic affected those at the Coast Guard Academy.
2: Last year's graduating class didn't get to have this ceremony in person. But the Coasties fashion that you all have, you met the threat head-on. You adapted, showed your resilience, and you led. The class of 21, you were the ones to test and improve the restricted movements protocols that allowed you to return to class on campus. And with careful precautions and regular testing, You were able to go back to your lives and training here in New London to conduct your first-year class in person. It certainly looked and felt different, I'm sure, but you found ways. You found ways to keep many of the academy's traditions alive and maybe even formed a few new ones. You still were able to bring your cars on campus. You just weren't allowed to go anywhere in those cars. (laughs) Oh, man, I tell you what, I would have trouble watching my car sit there. But maybe dipping your ring in Crown Park or having your ring dance outside will be a new standard. The Super Bowl of intercompany sports may become an annual event. And by the way, congratulations to Bravo Company, by the way, for your victory. You can clap, it's okay. Even if you lost, you gotta clap. And though everything you found through it all, you found ways to excel in the classroom, and athletics. You've got nine All-Americans in your ranks today, including record setter in the track and field 5,000 meters. Most importantly, you had each other's backs. When times got hard, you were there for one another. That's something you all learn quickly at the academy. You you can't crew the tall ship eagle without working together. It's not possible. So the pandemic didn't change that, but it made it more important. I know we wish more of your loved ones could be here today to celebrate with you in person, packed into the stands for your big day, especially because so many of you come from families of proud traditions of service. First-class Rachel Pache is about to become the third-generation academy grad. Meanwhile, first-class Jacqueline Tidd bucked a long tradition in her family, joined the Coast Guard over, came to the Coast Guard Academy over the Naval Academy, and unlike her mother, father, uncle, and grandfather. Well, Cadet Tid, there's a seat on Air Force One if you have to get home. (laughs) It may be tough. (laughs) I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is, quote, the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. You are quite, you're a really dull class. <laughs> I mean, come on, man, is the sun getting to you? I would think you'd have an opportunity when I say that about the Navy to clap it, but being here together. Yeah. But all kidding aside, being here together is a victory in and of itself, an important marker in the progress we've made to turn the tide of this pandemic. It's a testament to the skill and military discipline and sense of responsibility you already embody. So there's no doubt in my mind that the 140th graduating class of the United States Coast Guard Academy will reflect the very best of our country and the proudest positions of our service. Look, just a, in just a few minutes, you will be ensigns in the U.S. Coast Guard but the only anchor cadet is the only one going home with 240 bucks in his pocket. And before, before I go much further, as your commander-in-chief, I've been looking forward to being able to do this for a long time. I want you to, uh, I want to keep a long-standing tradition that, and here it goes, I hereby absolve all those serving restrictions of minor infractions absolved. Now, you have no idea how much I wish I would have been able to do that at my graduation. (laughs) At my graduation. From the University of Delaware. Because I need, as we say in my faith, I need it, absolution. Minor infractions like using a fire extinguisher to hose down an RA. But other than that, nothing much. Look, cadets, today you're joining a chain of service that links each of you to our history. It's a connection to the very earliest days of our nation as part of this country's oldest, continuous seagoing service. But no class gets to choose the world into which it graduates. And demands and the challenges you're going to face in your career are going to look very different than those who walked these halls before you. You chose as a class motto, reflects this reality. You said, we are the future. I don't think you have any idea how how profound that assertion is. The world is changing. We're at a significant inflection point in world history. And our country and the world, the United States of America, has always been able to chart the future in times of great change. We've been able to consistently renew ourselves. And time and again, we've proven there's not a single thing we cannot do as a nation when we do it together. And I mean that, not a single solitary thing. This is particularly important in this moment of accelerating global challenges, hybrid threats that don't stop at our border. We have to meet them on the land and the sea, wherever we find them. And that's where the Coast Guard excels. Pandemic response would not necessarily have been considered a Coast Guard mission until there were more than 250,000 stranded cruise passengers who needed to be safely disembarked during COVID-19. Now we see with harrowing clarity how important halting this pandemic and improving our ability to prevent and respond to the next one is in our national security. That's why 500 Coast Guard reservists have deployed in support of FEMA and other nationwide vaccination efforts. Disaster response has long been part of the Coast Guard's mission, but with the pace of climate change accelerating, we're seeing more frequent and more intense storms that call for you to respond. Last year was the most active hurricane season on record, 30 named storms. And the Coast Guard was always there to respond, even at the height of the pandemic. But you've also been a part of our response to wildfires in the West. Record flooding in the heart of the country. These patterns are only going to get worse if we fail to take immediate and ambitious actions on climate. Whether it's interdicting illicit drug shipments at sea before they enter the United States or your stewardship of the environment, the Coast Guard has always recognized the broader definition of our national security. Alexander Hamilton may have been among the first to champion the principle that economic security is national security, when he created the Revenue Cutter Service. But if it was true in 1790, it's gospel in 2021. The best way to meet the wide array of threats we face today is by investing Americans in America's enduring advantages and ensure that we're operating from a position of strength. Our economic vitality at home, our ability to trade with the world is essential to that strength. More than one quarter of the U.S. GDP is transported through the waters to keep us safe, that keep us safe. And we're going to increasingly see our skills called upon internationally as well. For decades, the United States has underwritten International maritime security. We and our partners have kept the sea lanes open and secure. We developed clear rules of the road. Behavior is in bounds, important, out of bounds for other nations. To ensure that we can share peacefully in the natural bounty of the sea. And for decades, those rules supported supported global economic strength that benefited nations everywhere and helped people around the world develop their economic potential. But as you know, increasingly, we're seeing those rules challenged, both by the rapid advance of technology and the disruptive actions of nations like China and Russia, with whom I've had direct discussions of this, with President Xi, as well as President Putin. Long standing basic maritime principles like freedom of, mar- of navigation are a bedrock of a global economic and global security. When nations try to game the system or tip the rules in their favor, it throws everything off balance. That's why we are so adamant that these areas of the world, that are the arteries of trade and shipping, remain peaceful whether that's the South China Sea, the Arabian Gulf, and increasingly the Arctic. It's a vital interest to America's foreign policy to secure unimpeded flow of global commerce. And it won't happen without us taking an active role to set the norms of conduct, to shape them around democratic values, not those of autocrats. That's why we'll continue to support the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Seas, which outlines many of the key principles to ensure that our waters of our planet are not exploited by any one nation, but are preserved for the benefit of all. But they're being challenged now, all of it. So as we work together with our Democratic partners around the world both update the rules for this new age to hold all of us accountable for living up to those rules. Your mission will become even more global and even more important. You have an essential role in our efforts to ensure a free and open Indo-Pacific. Our new agreement for the Coast Guard to partner with Taiwan will help ensure that we're positioned to better respond to shared threats in the region and to conduct coordinated humanitarian and environmental missions. U.S. Coast Guard partnership with nations throughout the region to take on issues like illegal, unreported, and unregulated fishing are essential to building the muscle of cooperation. When distant water fishing fleets travel thousands of miles to strip maritime resources without regard to catch regulations or internationally established economic zones, it hurts everyone which is why we sent the U.S. Coast Guard, cutter Berdov, to partner with Ecuador last summer to disrupt and deter a Chinese distant water fleet operating near the Galapagos Islands. We're fielding requests from other nations all across the Indo-Pacific that are eager to partner with our Coast Guard because of your reputation of professionalism and your unrivaled skill. The Coast Guard will be an increasingly central element in our engagement in the Indo-Pacific to protect lives, to preserve the environment, to safeguard sovereignty throughout the region. In the Arabian Gulf, we're in the process of deploying six new fast response cutters to update patrol force Southwest Asia. The Coast Guard's expertise is helping our partners in the region to enforce maritime law and perform search and seizure operations. I'm sure you all saw the pictures of the enormous load of illicit weapons confiscated in the Arabian Sea, all laid out across the rear deck of the USS Monterey. Coast Guard was critical to that seizure and to keeping those weapons out of conflict in the region. Based alongside the U.S. Navy Fifth Fleet in Bahrain, you have to face down harassment of Iranian fast attack boats in recent weeks. And in recent weeks, the U.S. Coast Guard, cutter Maui, had to fire 30 warning shots to deter such irresponsible and unsafe maneuvers in the region. The world is changing. We need you even more. And in the Arctic, the Coast Guard is a proud American presence in the region, rapidly growing in strategic importance. As ice recedes and new sea lanes open, We, the United States, are an Arctic nation. The United States must demonstrate our leadership and engagement. Our diplomacy and our operational skill, we must continue to model responsible maritime behavior and uphold clear rules of international agreements to protect and steward this pristine environment and secure it for future generations. And by the way, as you know by now, to protect our homeland security as well. We have to make sure that every country respects these international norms. So we need a, We need modern icebreakers, yes, but just as critically, we need to stand shoulder to shoulder with those allies and partners who share our values, including indigenous communities who are the keepers of traditional knowledge about the Arctic waters class of 2021. It's time for you to go out and be the future, to make the future. You've learned your history and your science. You've predicted and practiced your disciplines on land and sea. You've shown that you are salty. This year, the Academy has graduated a class that is just over one third women. And those numbers are going up year by year. As I said, I recently nominated Vice Admiral Linda Fagan. Class of 85 in the Coast Guard is the first female four-star admiral. We have to make sure that women have the chance to succeed and thrive throughout their careers. There's a saying we use in a different context, a Chinese saying. It says, women hold up half the world. It's an absolute stupid position not to make sure they represent at least half of what we do. Every member of our armed forces should feel safe and respected in the ranks. That's why my administration is committed to taking on the scourge of sexual assault and harassment in the military. We're joining a service, you're joining a service that not only serves as America's front line, it increasingly looks like America. This year's class is also just over one-third underrepresented minorities, including some of the highest number of African-Americans, Asian-Americans, and Pacific Islanders. Each of you will be asked to lead people who come from different backgrounds. Your challenge as a leader is to treat every single person with equal dignity and respect and find ways to unlock everyone's talent. You know, you've already done some important work as a class, including with a class-wide equity walk and discussion groups in the wake of George Floyd's murder. Our national successes depend on our capacity to harness the full range of ideas and experience that exists in our country and deliver on the promise of the American dream for all America. You know, America's unique. America is the only country in the world that's founded on an idea. You can define every other country in the world based on ethnicity or geographer, we're the only one based on an idea, not a joke. The idea was we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men and women are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. We hear it all the time, but it's who we are. We can't be different than attempting to continue to have that arc move toward justice. With this generation of graduates of new ensigns in the United States Coast Guard who have volunteered to serve our country, I've never been more optimistic about our future. You understand in your bones that our diversity is one of the enduring advantages and inherent strengths to America. In your careers, you're going to face challenges you can't predict. You'll be asked to lead in ways and navigate new paths. But when the storms gather or the seas of life grow rough, remember the Coast Guard's marching song to sing on land and sea through surf and storm, howling gale, high shall your purpose be. Class of 2021, you have it all you really do and we need you badly and i'm not that's not hyperbole the country needs you press always asked me why i'm so optimistic about america's chances in the world and i've said from the time i decided to run because of this generation you're the most progressive best educated least prejudiced most open generation in American history. We need you badly. You're ready. It's time to get underway. God protect you all as you set out on your journey and may God protect all those who wear the uniform of the United States of America. God bless America. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, brought to you by UConn Health. Here for you then, here for you now.
3: Hello, I'm Dr. Christina's Denise, and today I'm talking about the mental health issue of dementia. Most people understand dementia to be an illness characterized by memory loss. There are many kinds of dementia, with Alzheimer's disease being the most common type. People are often unaware that besides forgetfulness, there are many other psychiatric symptoms that can occur. One common problem experienced by people with dementia is insomnia. People may describe having trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, or waking up too early. Sometimes people have a flipped sleep cycle in which they are awake all night, but sleep during the day. Other times, people with dementia may have nightmares or act out their dreams when they sleep. Many people who have dementia experience depression. They might feel sad, lose interest in activities they used to enjoy, Or lose their appetite. They can become frustrated or angry. Anxiety is another common symptom seen in dementia. Sometimes the anxiety is just feeling nervous, but other times the anxiety is so severe that the person with dementia may become suspicious or paranoid. People with dementia also can have their eyes play tricks on them. They may describe seeing people, animals, or shadows that others don't see. These types of symptoms can be confusing and even scary. However, There are specialists who can help.
2: If you or someone you know is
0: suffering from the signs or symptoms of a mental illness, then contact your doctor and speak to them about professional
1: treatment options and how they can help you. The Ark Eastern Connecticut invites you to participate in the 33rd Annual Gardner-Johnson Memorial Golf Tournament Friday, June 25th at the Connecticut National Golf Club in Putnam. The Arc has provided residential, day, in-home and employment and social programs for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their families since 1952. Come and join us as we walk in partnership for full equality for people with IDD. Event prices and details at thearkect.org forward slash golf.
0: Got stumps? Then call Green Valley Tree LLC and let us remove them for you. Our stump grinder is quick and efficient, leaving your property stump free in no time. Our stump grinding services are available for homeowners, contractors, and municipalities alike. Call us for a quote at 860 234 4041. Find out about our other services at our website, greenvalleytreeworks.com
1: a family-owned and fully licensed. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making the headlines in the region recently. The City of New London in Connecticut has been recertified as a Coast Guard City at a ceremony held by the Thames River. Coast Guard City's status recognizes the special efforts made by a city in acknowledging the men and women of the Coast Guard in their area. Michael Passero is the mayor of New London and recalled a moment back in 2019 when the government shut down and the city helped Coast Guard personnel who were affected.
2: The city stepped up and we actually collected food and we ran a food bank for all of the employees and even the service members up at the Coast Guard Academy because people don't realize they're just like the rest of us. They're living, you know, they need that paycheck to survive and that paycheck ended.
1: There are 28 Coast Guard cities in the U.S., and New London first became a Coast Guard city back in 2015. The controversial state peer project in New London is set to move forward after a recent recommendation by the hearing officer of the Connecticut Department of Energy and Environmental Protection's Office of Adjudications agreed to grant permits to the Connecticut Port Authority for construction work. Kevin Blacker is a longtime critic of the project and the CPA and says he's disappointed but not surprised. The hearing officer is employed by
0: DEEP staff. DEEP staff is very much in support of this project. The amount of political power behind this deal is staggering, and all of the experts that the Port Authority called were paid by the Port Authority. The experts that DEEP called are employed by DEEP, so I'm not surprised at the outcome.
1: Steve Farrelly has also been affected by the permit decision. He used to own a salt business at State Pier before it was closed down by the CPA and says small businesses in Connecticut don't stand a chance.
3: The orders come from the top down, meaning the governor's office down. So where do you go for help? You know, it's just been a losing battle all along. So yeah, very disappointed. And I'll be honest with you, if I could get my son-in-law To move out of the state of Connecticut, I'd shut down tomorrow and move.
1: Farrelly says he's considering whether to appeal the proposed decision and under state rules must file any objection within 15 days, after which the commissioner for Connecticut DEEP, Katie Schaaf-Dykes, will make the final recommendation. In the Connecticut Examiner this week, residential customers of either of the state's two major electric utilities will see their monthly electric rates decrease this July. Starting July 1st, Eversource customers' rates will decrease by around 4% and United Illuminating customer rates will decrease by around 6%, according to the Public Utility Regulatory Authority, Pura. In the day this week, it's not just the high rollers the casinos are catering to these days. They're paying extra attention to prospective employees too. In a bid to hire more than 300 full and part-time workers, Foxwoods Resort Casino is offering starting pay above minimum wage and double time for overtime. After hosting a hiring event earlier in May, Mohegan Sun has scheduled three more hiring events as it seeks to fill more than 100 openings. Foxwoods is raising starting pay for non-tipped frontline positions to at least $13.50 an hour. Connecticut's minimum wage climbed to $12 an hour on September 1st in 2020 and is scheduled to increase to $13 an hour on August 1st this year. In the Norwich Bulletin this week, US Representative Joe Courtney said seeing dozens upon dozens of cars line up in a Norwich parking lot to receive government boxes of food speaks more powerfully than any economic report or data. Courtney visited the weekly emergency drive through food distribution at 28 Stonington Road from Foodshare and the Connecticut Food Bank. Jason Jakubowski, president and CEO of the Connecticut Food Bank and FoodShare, said keeping distributions going more than a year after the start of the pandemic matters for the people who are in need. In the Middletown Press this week, and in Windsor, work at the Amazon facility under construction has again been halted after an eighth noose was found at the facility in less than a month. The site was ordered to stop work on May 19th when a noose was found. It reopened five days later. Windsor Mayor Donald Trink said that additional police were stationed at the site and more security cameras were added. It's unclear if those cameras are operational when a further incident took place on Wednesday the 26th of May, forcing the site to shut down once more. And finally, it's our birthday. Connecticut East This Week celebrates turning one year old, and we'd like to thank all of you out there for listening and helping to make all of this happen, and of course to our various sponsors and advertisers too. That's all from us for this edition. Do send us your questions and story ideas to the show via our website at connecticut-east.com or Facebook or Twitter at Connecticut East and on Instagram at Connecticut East This Week, where you can also listen to the show again on demand. And please like, follow and share on your social media platforms too. I'm Brian Scott Smith. Thank you for listening.